بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين رب شرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ما بعد Respected elders, dear brothers and sisters, my young friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We live in a time when every now and then we find a prominent person, a person who has power and standing. It could be a politician, it could be a community leader a scholar, makes a statement or um, expresses views that are seen as an attack on someone, uh, usually uh, a minority group, especially when we're talking about politicians and others. Uh, so for example, an attack on Muslims, for example, is perceived as such. Um, an attack on the Jewish community. Uh, seen as an attack on people of color and others. Or perhaps the statement or the comment is seen as being insensitive. Or perhaps such a person expresses support for a policy or aligns themselves with a group that is seen as being anti-Muslim, anti-Semitic or anti-something. And what we are finding when that happens is that you know, the knives and the swords come out, so to speak, for that person. And that person is uh, boycotted, uh, their uh, character is attacked, uh, horrible opinions are formed about that person uh, and shared as well. What this is referred to um, is something called cancel culture. And cancel culture is described as a cultural boycott. Right? So the idea is, especially in the age of social media, the idea is that people of prominence uh, generally tend to thrive uh, on, you know, on their, their, their popularity. They need popularity, they need people to think well of them. They, they need people to follow them. And that if when they express such sentiments uh, or uh, say something which appears to be unacceptable or align themselves in a way that appears to be unacceptable to a group of people, um, then they can be boycotted. There can be a cultural boycott against them. So people start you know, unfollowing them. Uh, they start uh, you know, uh, sharing this, this piece of information about them. Um, and expressing uh, you know, their opinions about uh, their character and so on and so forth, which essentially damages that person's brand. 
and it, it damages their reputation and therefore uh, this is seen as a, a way of sort of either getting them to reform themselves or just really getting them back. Now this type of response of course is understandable. Uh, when people are upset, especially when it's about something that you know affects them and that is uh, hurtful, uh, it is human. You know, it is a human reaction to instinctively try to dismiss, uh, to dismiss them and to shut them down, to inflict, to inflict maximum damage in a, in a legal manner, right? Of course, uh, if a person uh, causes damage in an illegal manner, that, that won't be acceptable, it'll become problematic, right? So these are legal ways of trying to inflict maximum damage so that a person bears the consequences of um, their actions. Now, in some cases, the offender uh, will apologize or offer a clarification, right? Or perhaps offer a, a, a half apology, which is, you know, uh, if anyone was offended, right? A qualified apology. Um, thereafter, the offender is usually left with uh, people who support them. So essentially, after an incident like that, we find polarization, right? So we find people who will continue to support that individual or, or the offender uh, no matter what, um, and we will find people who will uh, oppose them no matter what, right? So usually an incident like that uh, will, will be the spark that will lead to this type of polarization, this, this you know, uh, you know um, either, you know, with me or against me type of, uh, type of approach. Now, most people who don't know about the controversy, right, will also find out especially through social media, right? This probably happened to you, right? Someone's talking about, you know, one of your friends is, uh, is, is, is posting uh, about someone, uh, about, about a prominent figure, or is sharing something. Now, you had no idea, right? You may not have even known the person, right? But now you're introduced to the controversy, and our human nature is what? That if you find out a little bit of something which sounds juicy, huh? just, you know, somewhat scandalous, uh, or involves a controversy, we want to know more, right? There's very few people who are actually going to be, okay, I don't want to know about this. I'm going to move on, you know, hide the post. I, I don't want to know about it. There's very few people like that, right? So most people, when you find a little bit, right, you, you, want, you want the whole thing. You want to know what happened. You want to know the details. You want to read the comments, see what people are saying about it, and so on and so forth. Um, or even if a person is to search the, search, uh, if someone is to search the person's name, right, it's very likely that, you know, the controversy will show up. Uh, on the first page, you know, of results, uh, especially if it's a very large controversy. So, while such responses are understandable, right, as I mentioned, people are hurt, uh, they're offended, uh, you know, it affects them negatively, they want to respond, they need to respond somehow. Uh, so, such responses are understandable, but I also believe that they are problematic for two primary reasons. So, number one is that any good that a person may have done in the past is canceled. It's canceled. Not with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, because a person's deeds are recorded with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah azza wa jalla is watching them, right? So a good that a person has done is not canceled out by making a, a mistake or misspeaking or having bad judgment or you know, doing something which is wrong. But it gets canceled out in the eyes of people, right? And now you may be thinking, okay, well, why does it matter 
if it's getting canceled out in the eyes of people, like who cares what people think, right? At the end of the day, what Allah thinks is what matters, and that's true. Except that it leads people then to unfairly um, uh, judge a person and dismiss any positive contributions that they may have made, even if it is of benefit to them, right? And especially in the case of scholars, right? You'll have someone perhaps who has written, you know, a lot of books, has great scholarly contributions, has great lectures, has brought people towards, you know, has brought people closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has really, you know, propagated the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very positive way. And then because of a mistake, a, 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 a bad judgment, because of, you know, whatever that they have done, all of that gets canceled out. And then this is also passed on to others, right? Because it's about trust, right? And people lose trust in someone, they tend to share that, right? And say, well, okay, I don't listen to, you know, such and such scholar anymore because of X, Y, and Z, right? So this person now who may have been benefiting, who may not have even known about this controversy, all of a sudden also now starts losing trust and starts doubting that person and does not benefit from the good that they had to offer. Or perhaps they may be in a position to offer solutions uh, or you know, to help on an issue, right? And I'm thinking of maybe politicians or experts, but now because they are written off, that avenue is closed, right? That door has been shut. So that's the first problem. The second thing, more importantly, is that cancel culture <coughs> closes the door on giving people a chance to turn things around, to make things positive. Right. Now, for some you know, very sincere offenders, perhaps the backlash may help them reflect see their and, and, and help them see their mistakes. Right? A person says something, a person is very sincere, they really didn't mean in, in an offensive way, and then all of a sudden there's this huge backlash, and they take a step back and they say, okay, whoa, you know, what just happened? How come you know, people have interpreted what I've said in this way um, and they reflect and they, they see their mistake? But in many cases, even if the person is forced to apologize, right? a lot of times people sort of just have to apologize because of the position they're in or because of the damage the controversy is causing. You know, I wonder if it actually makes things better deep inside. Right? Like if there's, if, if there's a backlash against someone, right? yes, there's a chance that they might change and they might understand. But I think that there's a greater chance that they're just deep inside, their, their views are perhaps maybe even getting more entrenched now because of the, the type of reaction that they have experienced. So I was thinking about this. You know, can you imagine what would happen, what would have happened if cancel culture existed at the time of the Prophet wasallam? Right. If people hadn't given their enemies a chance, right? If the sister of Umar ibn al-Khattab had not offered him an opportunity to read the verses of the Quran that he had overheard. If the brother of Khalid ibn Walid had written him off and not written letters to him, inviting him and convincing him to, to accept Islam. If the Prophet wasallam had written off you know, Abu Sufyan and Hind because of what they had done and not accepted their acceptance of Islam. Huh? 
It's like, no, you're, you're written off, you're condemned because of what you've done. Right? There's no more hope for you. Right? But you see, my brothers and sisters, that writing people off and condemning them forever to be misguided is not the way of our beloved Messenger This is not how the Prophet of Allah operated. Right? This is not how the truth was spread. Right? Because if we start holding on to every single thing that a person has done, and there's no forgiveness, and there's no opportunity, right? and the doors are shut, what hope is there for anyone then? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to, to, to turn people's hearts, and certainly He is, you know, right? the hearts are within the two fingers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? He could flip them around, flip the heart around as He likes. Then who are we to write people off, right? to condemn them? Yeah. A mistake when it is hurtful and has you know, serious negative consequences should be corrected, right? And an offender should be advised. But it is from the etiquettes of advising others that it should first be done privately and respectfully. It should first be done privately and respectfully and with sincerity, right? So that the person who we're advising understands that we don't have you know, any ulterior motives Right, in, in, uh, in, in, in advising them, that we are not trying to shame them, that we are actually sincerely concerned for their well-being and sincerely concerned for them that you know, they, they are um, upon falsehood or they are doing something which is wrong. And the Prophet said that none of you will have faith right, until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. Right? And the scholars say that, you know, this applies to everyone, right? Of course, you're, you're Muslim brothers and sisters. But our brothers and sisters in humanity, in terms of the greatest thing that we want for ourselves, which is guidance, right? We want to be guided. And therefore, we should also want everyone else to be guided and, you know, to become better and to improve. If you make a mistake, how would you want people to behave towards you? If you were in that position, how would you want people to behave towards you? Would you want people to condemn you and spread things about you? So when someone shows enmity or hatred, poor judgment, ignorance, give them a chance. Give them a chance. Don't allow yourself to frame them in that way forever. Right. Don't rush to condemn. Of course, you can express your disagreement, your displeasure, your disappointment. Right? Of course, you can do that. And if you see something that is wrong, you probably should do that. Right? But do it in a measured and respectful manner. Right? Perhaps you misunderstood what they meant. Perhaps they misspoke. Right? We're very quick to, to catch on, right? to, to, to catch people. Right? And I really, I really feel for, for you know, scholars, people who are prominent, especially any, from our communities, who are, you know, find themselves uh, doing media interviews, right? And I know this because I'm a media person, I've done interviews, I've, I've interviewed people and, I, and I've done interviews. And uh, SubhanAllah, the pressure is immense, right? 
The pressure is immense. And sometimes if a person is not prepared, you know, it's very easy to, to, to slip, you know, and to fall into to, to a position or to say something uh, which may not be correct, right? Which may not be the best way of explaining something, right? We're all human beings at the end of the day, right? So when you see someone in that position, you know, cut them some slack, right? Try to be a little bit understanding, right? Or at the very least, reach out to them and try to understand where they're coming from and what they're trying to say. Now, if you try this repeatedly, you reach out to them, you try to advise them in a sincere manner, and they take no heed, and it becomes harmful not to say anything, because there comes a point where there's a balance, right? There comes a point where it's actually now harmful if nothing is said. Then go ahead and say it publicly. Right? You know, people may stop at just condemning someone for their actions, but a believer's vision, a believer's foresight should go much, much further than that. Yeah? Should go much further than that because what we want is positive change what we want is positive change so how can I help a person you know how can I help this person see their error how can I help this individual see their error and help them become better how can I help them improve how can I help them even become an ally, become someone who is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? Because that's what we want for ourselves and that's what we should want for others as well. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Not equal are the good deed and the bad deed. No, they're not equal. They're not equal. Right? Repel evil by that which is better. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, take the high road. Right? Always take the higher road. Right? Don't fall down to the same level of those who are you know, slinging mud and, and are, are you know, behaving in, in, a, in a very uh, poor manner. Don't, don't be like that. Right? Take the high road. And this always gets me because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying what? And thereupon, the one whom between you and him is enmity will become as though he was a devoted friend. So here we are talking about enmity. Right? We are talking about a challenge. We are talking about a struggle uh, between good and evil, between truth and falsehood. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that we should be taking the higher road and what, we should, be, what should we be aiming for? That the person with whom we have enmity the person with whom we have enmity actually becomes a loyal and devoted friend. Ibn Abbas explained that this ayah means that Allah commands the believers Allah commands the believers to be patient when they feel angry. Be patient when you feel angry. To be forbearing when confronted with ignorance and to forgive when they are mistreated. He goes on, if they do this,
he goes on that if they do this, Allah will save them from shaitan. Allah will save them from shaitan and subdue their enemies until they become like close friends. So to be patient when they feel angry, to be forbearing when confronted with ignorance, and to forgive when they are mistreated. And if they do this, Allah will save them from shaitan and subdue their enemies to them until they become like close friends. So my brothers and sisters, this is how we should approach everyone who expresses animosity and ignorance. How can I get them to change so much that they become like a close friend. On election night, there was a right-wing national radio host, someone who has been very aggressive and dominating. And he started crying on live TV. He was asked at what point he had stopped supporting the party that he had supported for a long time and whose values and ideals he, he believed in. And he talked about the Islamophobia, in his words, that he saw coming from the party. And that his turning point had come when he realized that the party had turned on, and again his words, his brothers and sisters, his neighbors, his fellow Canadians. And he said that that was his turning point. Now, interestingly enough, at that time, you know, he was publicly supporting these polities. At that time, when this was happening originally, some years ago, he was in support. Uh, he was expressing support publicly. And uh, you know, tw Twitter is the witness. Uh, Twitter is a witness. Social media is a witness for all of what we say. Yeah? So Twitter is a witness that he was expressing support for such policies which he is now speaking against. But over four years, he realized that it was wrong. And it took time. It took time for him to turn around. For a lot of people, change is not easy. Going against what you have promoted and what you have stood for is not easy. Uh, so we have to give people time. Now there are other cases as well as we have discussed before. People you know, who hated Islam, who hated Muslims, but then even ended up accepting Islam. Right? There are examples like that of even prominent people. Right? So how great would it be, my brothers and sisters, that if instead of condemning someone, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose us to be a means of their turnaround and their betterment. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, let us have a measured response. When we come across someone who we feel is making hateful or ignorant statements or has problematic affiliations, let us reach out to them in a respectful manner 
and give them a chance, an opportunity to understand better and engage with them, you know, and give them an opportunity to learn and to reflect. Let us leave the door open for positive change and try to be a catalyst for such change. And remember that our problem should never be about the person. Our problem should never be about the person. It should be about their actions and their beliefs. And if those become corrected, right, if they reflect and they change, then we should be able to embrace them. Most importantly, my brothers and sisters, let us make dua for everyone, especially those who are negative and those who hate. That perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written that it is this dua of yours and your concern for their well-being that will lead to their hidayah, to their guidance and their betterment, inshaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our shortcomings. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide all of those who are ignorant and hateful. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make them the best of human beings that are closest to Him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us always. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us the people of wisdom, of forbearance, and of hope. Ameen. Ya Rabbal Alameen. Just a quick announcement, inshallah. Uh, alhamdulillah, we have uh, great news.